0: All right, welcome to FM Mission, the podcast for people on a mission in arts, entrepreneurship, and activism. I'm your host, Mike Martin. i sitting here with my good buddy, Mel Washington, in the legendary Burns Alley Tavern in downtown Charleston. One of the last great punk rock, rock and roll, old school, country, metal, hip-hop venues in downtown Charleston, right in the heart of it. Mel, how long have you been hanging out here at Burns?
1: Um, I... I'm not allowed to speak of how long it's been.
0: <laughs> probably so I remember the day I walked back in there was Jimmy uh, you know just smiling and talking about it. he's gonna put the music back and he bought it and it's true it's, it's, I've been doing every Thursday here for four years it's kind of where I met Mel it's a, a great venue to have a weekly residency at and It really has been a cool spot for the band to really hone our skills. I met Mel. Mel uh, does all kinds of things in the music business. As you know on the show, what I look for is people out there doing it in arts, entrepreneurship, or activism. Really just trying to give you some insight into how they have done what they've done. The tools, the resources. And so I'm going to let Mel tell you real quick what he does for a living. But uh, one of the things Mel and I were talking as we met here at Burns today is... He was glad to have the time. He said, I'm not out serving tables right now. and There's nothing wrong with serving tables. We both served a, a bunch, I'm sure. I don't know about you. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, and a lot of bartenders.
0: Yeah. Uh, a lot of our good friends that really make up this great Charleston scene. And it's one of the things we're going to talk about tonight. the so Charleston music scene. You also got a lot of time in Nashville, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Uh, the Nashville scene and some of the ideas. But tell us a little bit about what you do for a living. And I'm here to learn
1: as much as them. So Sure, yeah. So... Um... I, I wear a lot of hats. Um, and that, I think, was the biggest thing I had to learn about this industry and this career is that you have to be willing to get your hands dirty. Uh, you got to be willing to um, kind of go out and have multiple streams of income, you know? So, so
0: let's start right there real quick. You say you got to be willing to get your hands dirty, which, I, what do you mean by that in the music? Exactly. Like, if you're talking about... Your first few things, right? You always got to eat crow in the beginning. You know, what are
1: you talking about? Well, I mean, for me, it's been a journey. You know, I started out um, in the touring world in an indie rock band, and we didn't make a lot of money at all. Uh, So we were eating Taco Bell, and some days we were trying to figure out if we were going to buy Taco Bell or buy cigarettes. You know, like that (laughs) that was our reality. Absolutely. Um,
0: (laughs) You know, that's what my man I say is an indie rock man too, right? That's it. It's for years. Yeah, and so we did that.
1: We did that for years. And uh, you say you did that for
0: years, touring the country, just all yeah. the punk venues. Oh did? yeah, all the
1: little dirty, dingy venues all over the country. And yeah. we would go out on the road for months and He's come back so and go, "Why did we just do that?" You know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but how old were you then?
1: Oh, I was in my early twenties at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah I was that's great. 21, 22. Um But yeah, we we did a lot of a, a lot of that, and then you oh, know. For, for, to answer your question, for me, it's like you gotta you got to be willing to put in that time. And then, you know, I'm now in my mid-30s, and uh, even now I wear a lot of hats, you know. So three to four nights a week I'm playing in bars and restaurants and doing that gig. Um, I'm a songwriter during the day, um, and so I've got to deliver three songs a week to my publisher. Uh, I going
0: to ask you what that means, but... For, as far as practically that means, three yeah. Songs a week. Uh,
1: yeah, so I write three. I have to deliver three songs every week. I um, get them to them? Uh, so I'm normally, you know, writing. Uh, my just to break down my schedule for you. Normally, it's uh, Mondays. My day off, and my girlfriend and I, uh, my girlfriend Chelsea, who works here at the legendary Burns Alley Tavern. Uh, she and I spend the day off on Monday to just kind of regroup and have time together.
0: Oh, see you at the beach. That yeah, day. exactly. Uh, go ahead.
1: And uh, so that's nor- in the summer. That's our beach day. So right. <laughs> normally we'll stop by Chico Feo and see you play for a second on Mondays. Um, but yeah, so we we do that. And then Tuesday is a writing day for me. Wednesdays a writing day for me. And Thursdays a writing day for me. Is it
0: writing day. You
1: yeah. Mean- so I'm writing at least one song each day. <clears throat> Sometimes two. What does
0: that look like, for you? You and a, your guitar.
1: You- yeah. So normally I'm. It's, it's one of two things. Um, I might write by myself. Um, or I will co-write with a buddy. And we'll do that... You know, I'm normally... 11 to 2 is one right, and the next one is 3 to 6, maybe, if there's a double right in a day. But the, so. that
0: one, like you said, at least one, that's setting time aside? Yeah,
1: I'm at least 11 to 2 every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm writing. That's part
0: of what you mean by getting your hands dirty, those four yeah. hours, right? That yeah, commitment.
1: I got I to gotta make sure that um, I'm doing that because it's a job, you know, I... Um, I get paid a salary to do right. it, so um, I have to show up for work just like anybody else does. So, see,
0: yeah this is an income stream, not yeah. just a.
1: Exactly. Right, this publishing deal yeah. is
0: how you make part of how you make your living.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, um, from there, um, normally on Fridays, I take the songs that I feel good about, I demo them, and then we send them in to the publisher. Um, you demo them yourself in your little home studio? It depends on what it is. Um, I've got enough at home that I can. Right. Um, but if I want to present more instrumentation uh, to the artist or to the other publisher that's going to be listening to it, I will go to a studio. You know, we'll hire a band or something like that. And, like and
0: the, it that the publisher does for you to get it, or this is something you have to do out of your. I'm just kind of picking your brain here.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, in this situation, the publisher uh, fronts the bill for the recording. So uh, but that da, but that does go against what they recoup from me. Yeah. Um, right. So they front the cash, but mm-hmm. I end up paying it back yeah, with royalties. Easy, right? yeah,
0: exactly. And this, this is a great thing. Like I was just trying to share you with know, a lot of people, uh, myself included, right, I do not have a publishing deal. And so to, to understand that, right? the way that business really works, mm-hmm. I've had friends that uh, – Really thought that for whatever reason, I and mean, these are people that really wanted to be in the recording business. They bought you know a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment because they could. And right. They thought that it was one way. And we were, and I said, you know, no, no, they don't give you that money. You, you know, that certainly is a front. Yeah, and that's okay, right? I mean, of yeah. course they want their money back. That's what I told him. I said, well, you think they just give it to you? Like- yeah.
1: Labels and publishers are banks, you know, so they yeah. they loan you money and you pay it back over time. Uh, and if you've got great material, hopefully it, make, it makes it back itself, so...
0: You know, I you know, just, again, my buddy Mel Washington he's sure in of but that's not, that's just getting you to like Thursday afternoon
1: Yeah, so, so yeah, so you know, typically Thursdays uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays I'm playing out um, and then Friday's a travel day for me uh, normally or or I will have a gig like I do this this week uh, but it's also a travel day And then on the weekends I'm playing uh, at church actually, and that's another uh, another income stream. So uh, and and also a blessing because it's like it's good to in the midst of all the chaos have that spiritual renewal. You know, yeah, absolutely, Um, man. It's and getting paid to be there is just icing on the cake. You know, (laughs) Um, but then but then you know, for instance, this 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 coming sunday what i will do is i will get up at five forty-five on sunday i'll do church in the morning and then i will immediately drive back from uh georgia to charleston and as soon as i get home i'll grab a quick meal and then head to isle of palms and play another show you know uh, that's your um, week yeah and and you're not even
0: home from isle of palms yet no where do you
1: live at i'm up in north charleston
0: I live right on the neck in North Charleston. Nice. Uh, the purple buffalo is. Yeah, of absolutely. If you walked about straight out towards the water, I'm out about a you know, block that way over just a bit. Nice. Yeah, I love that area. I, I see mail all around, and it's kind of, if you live in uh, anywhere in the low country, you can live anywhere from, you know, maybe. The other side of John's Island up yeah. to
1: Ohlendall. Exactly.
0: Last night I was out of Green. I just want yeah. these amazing, magical things. Great
1: place. Eddie White is actually my dentist. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Is he
0: do the musician deal oh, for yeah, you? Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Eddie's I, great.
0: Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Eddie White. And yeah, I
1: know that no one agrees. Seaweed Dental Care, if you need... To feel good about your smile again, your mouth again, please go see him. Not only is he great, his entire staff are uh, incredibly uh, caring and uh, down to earth. it doesn't even feel like a doctor's office. Yeah. You know, you feel like you're hanging out with some friends.
0: And, it is, and Eddie is a friend, right? I mean, yeah. He
1: both musicians, he's helped us too, and Absolutely.
0: What we're talking I about, mean, Eddie White, you know, has a deal for musicians that is unbelievably affordable and he wow. takes care of you with no engine and cash because he knows in this business it's tough. Yeah. And, and take it I've mean, asked Eddie, you don't mind me telling people about these this? No man, tell the musicians come see me. He also runs on Doll Green, which features amazing original music.
1: Yeah. On Doll is a great place please go see eddie at seaweed i i have never felt better i mean again like you said man i walked in there and i was like this is going to be so expensive and he made it so affordable um, and he continues to do that every time i go i, I hadn't been to the dentist in 16 years I, I and there was, was a lot of cigarette smoking whiskey yeah. drinking and, and you know, coffee drinking Yeah, it's a musicians
0: life and it's so true And that's i'm glad that we can share that and Literally, I just played all-in-doll last night, and I said, Eddie, I appreciate it so much. You know, I've been telling all my musicians first, look, man, take advantage of this. I've been going to a dentist for two years now. Trust me, right? Do it. And so, yeah. Um, I'm glad that we So that's a little bit of Mel Washington's week there, right? And, that's, yeah. and so that's how you make your living. You're not serving tables, right? You're not. There. Congratulations on that, right? That's
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a grind. Though, you know, I think that the part of my story that a lot of people don't get to hear is that it hasn't always been doing this. You know, I man,
0: did drywall, man, man, man. I
1: did a drywall for a long time, you know, yeah. was in food and beverage for a long time. Um, I was homeless once in Nashville. No kidding, uh, that was an incredible. Uh, uh,
0: please tell this. This is great. So, oh, no, you know, I mean, if you it, listen. I mean, you're, you're hearing it from you know my buddy Mel here, real and like Mel says, it's not always been like this. What I know of Mel is the successful Songwriting publishing badass from Charleston. Right. So, tell the, the homeless Nashville. Yeah. Story, please.
1: No. I mean, it was a very humbling moment. I was a publisher in Nashville, and um, when when that job went away, I had no income, and I ended up uh, in a really bad situation. Uh, with my landlord, and uh, ended up with nowhere to go. And uh, it was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. You yeah, know? Man. Because when you see homeless people, especially touring, you yeah. see homeless people all the time. Yeah, no, you're and right. And you see a lot
0: of them. And you
1: kind of get desensitized to what the reality is. Yeah. And yeah, so. So true. And so, I was in Nashville, homeless, and I scrounged up enough change to go to the Hermitage Cafe on First Ave right. and buy it myself a coffee and keep the refills coming. I couldn't tip them, which is looking back awful. No. <laughs> that was a terrible it's thing. Certainly but
0: not who you. Are. I mean, you're a tipper. Oh no, I, mean, I, no I, I
1: tip generously now. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. I mean, back then when I you're scrounged down to up one cup of coffee. Yeah. And that's all
0: you. You ain't got That's it. You know where to so. Go.
1: So I stayed there as long as I could because my reality in that moment was I was scared. I was scared to go and find a place to sleep because I didn't know what would happen to me while I was asleep. Would I get jumped? Would somebody try to rob me? I don't know what they would rob me of, but um I didn't have a But that it's idea, but a harsh reality. For me it was, I mean, me, it was it just like because I didn't have a point of reference for that. I was like what happens when you just sleep downtown Nashville outside?
0: Did you sleep you know? outside?
1: No. I did not sleep that night. So I remember this being at Hermitage Cafe until maybe five in the morning and then I was like, I feel like I've overstayed my welcome <laughs> here. Like they weren't refilling my coffee anymore. <laughs> so 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 I walk down first Ave and I get to Korean Veterans Boulevard. There's an omni hotel there. And I'm walking up Korean Veterans Boulevard and I see this homeless man and he's sitting on the on the park bench and he's got a blanket. For the first time in my life, I looked at a homeless man and was jealous of him because he had a blanket and I didn't. It, I, it was a moment where I was like, I really wish I was in your position. And I've never felt that way about a homeless man. I've never wished that I mean, that, was in his position. So... I walked, and I walked, and I walked. I had a lot of coffee in me at this point. I walked, and I walked, and I walked until the sun came up, and then I hit up a friend, and I was like, hey, can we go write a song? So we went to the top of the Soul Shine Pizza Factory, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, but in in Midtown. Uh, We went up there. They were closed, but she worked there. So we went up there, we got some whiskey, and we poured some whiskey, and we started writing this song. And it's basically a song about drinking whiskey and being homeless. Um, and it was one of the most honest songs that I had written up to that point. You know, um, I say in the song, um, forget about keeping up with the Joneses when you can't keep up with yourself. And I baptized myself in whiskey river and now I feel like somebody else. So raise me up, Lord. Um, and wash me clean, um, or take me home, I think is the lyric, because you know my wandering feet are prone to roam, to Whiskey River, and it's on my mind, and I keep wasting so much time. I can't keep looking back, because time moves on way too fast. Um, And it won't slow down when we only get one go around, and all that matters is now. You know, And it was just like the, the most honest thing I could have written in that moment. I was homeless. I was drinking this whiskey. Um, and it was a, an incredibly humbling moment to just be able to say, uh, I'm at my lowest low. and And just be honest about that in a song. And not try to write a song that's catchy and feels good and gets the people moving but something that's just an honest confession of my reality you know? yeah. it felt really good to write a song like that and i feel really strongly about the song we've put it out as a single it's on the new album that's coming out uh, later this year so your album yeah really excited about it um,
0: so that so fast right you're homeless at Nashville, right? In that zone. We're sitting here now. And like you said, it hasn't always been like this. The journey, right? we're talking about what you're doing. Yeah. All that. I mean, how did, you know, where did you go from that day in the studio? How did you become unhomeless?
1: Yeah, so I finally swallowed my pride and called my parents and kind of told them what was going on. And my mom was like, I feel like you need to come home. And so. Home is South Carolina? Yeah, here. And yeah, I was I born and raised here. I
0: thought you heard you say Goose Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. So I was born just six blocks from where we are right now at Roper Hospital, Roper down, Hospital. No downtown. No kidding. And uh, grew up in Goose Creek, which is about 18 miles from here. But when he
0: says six blocks from where we're at, you know, we talk about the legendary Burnsville. We are at the heart of King. We're,
1: we're center downtown, and Calhoun.
0: Yeah. You know, which again, the the university, the hospital, at the, the peninsula. I mean, so you're were, you're were a Charlestonian. Yeah. Right? Because I do think of, like from Goose Creek to you know Johns Island, yeah. you know, and on. Though I mean, that's. Yeah. I don't know, but is that you? Again, is, that's what I think is a trans. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And I mean. When I travel, I tell people I'm from Charleston because they yeah. understand that way more than Goose Creek. But yeah, yeah we, we, we we claim it all, so. I was,
0: oh, yeah, I thought you were from Folly. And I said, no, I live in Charleston, actually, you know, and I actually live in North Charleston on the deck. So, again, uh, you called your parents, right? Your mom told you to come home. Yeah,
1: mom said come home, li- lived with them for a little while. So and you came then, home to
0: South Carolina.
1: Yeah. And kind of regrouped and...
0: Did you have a car? No. Yeah, is it...
1: No. How'd you get a... I, man, if you had a car, well, you would
0: have slept with the rest of it, right? Yeah.
1: No. Didn't have a car um, for years. Uh, I actually didn't have a car until probably three years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Three so, or four years ago. Uh, and... But it all came together at one time, man. I got a car. I moved into a new, beautiful home. And I met the most amazing person in the world, Chelsea. Yeah, your girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, absolutely, so, um, yeah. I'm following the story. Right? Yeah, and it all kind of happened all within a very small window of time. Um, you know
0: the story of the prodigal son.
1: Oh, absolutely. Right. Tr- yeah, we'll come
0: back to that. But uh, yeah, right, what you're telling is the prodigal son. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah,
1: run away. Yeah, good. Trash everything. He
0: can't even eat off Right, you, and you, you're then, jealous of the homeless guy. Another yeah. gets hungry. Right? I mean the first time in your life you're realizing that I am that guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe I was telling you a little bit before we got started about my days in jail before I, you know, yeah. got that moment of a This isn't a judgment. Yeah. This no, is for a reality. Sure.
1: And I've also been to jail. Yeah. Like that, that I uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Man, me too, it's brother. it's it's just like it makes more what, sense our kindred spirit. We knew it without ever talking. Yeah, but I think what it realizes is that You feel a sense of responsibility. For, and I agree with you, but go ahead. You feel a sense of responsibility because you feel like you've been given a second chance. You know, like you've been given a chance to actually say something, do something, and not have your entire life ruined. There's a sense of responsibility of like, I need to show up. I got to do this. I got to do it right. I got to do it well. I gotta make sure That people hear What I have to say The opening track On the new album And I think it's going to be The title track of the album Is First Time Again Alright And it's kind of About this like Fresh start You know Like What if you could Start over
0: well, let's take it. We are talking. Let's take it from right there. Right? So you got. You feel like you got that chance, and you were not going to pass it up. And right? that's what you're talking about the responsibility. I think it.
1: that's why I show up to work every day. Is yeah. because it's not that I feel like it every day.
0: Absolutely, this is a great. Go ahead. You know,
1: like, yeah. but it's just like man, I have this opportunity, and yeah. there's a lot, especially after living in Nashville. What I realize is, even having a publishing deal, there are thousands of people. Who move to Nashville every year looking for that and they never get it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So it's just like, man, I got to be very grateful and treat it with care and show up. Yeah, but also with mastery, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things
0: I love about watching them perform for the record. You know, uh, you help, again, the times I've been around that that idea of mastery, me want to raise my game because I watch you do what you do and it's it may be partly three chords in the truth but it's a mastery of three chords in the truth and rhythm and soul and vocal performance right and you're an amazing guitar player you know and it's like you're talking about you show up like you deserve to be one of the people that yeah you know
1: and that had to take years to come to it did i'm not a very confident person by nature you are on stage but, yeah, but I have to step into that, yeah. you know? Like, so I, I have to, to, That's hard for people. Yeah, I mean, people ask me what my pre-show ritual is. Like, do you get nervous? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I always I have this constant fear. Is tonight the night I'm going to bomb? Like, is tonight the night this all going to fall apart? Yeah, well, you just and I've played thousands of shows at yeah. this point. And I still have moments of... Because it's one of the most. Am I going right? to? Am I going to?
0: Am I going to bomb tonight? Is this the one? When you're on stage and truly embarrassed and you can't
1: get it. You're fixed. naked and vulnerable, yeah, man. It, you know? it's, it's hell. Um, You've been and, there. Yeah, and yeah so it's like. Funny. So yeah, I mean, so my, I, I took a, a, a note out of uh, Dolly Parton's book, and what I do before any show is pee and pray. You know, I make sure that I pee before I play. And I say a prayer, and my prayer is normally, God, will you help me step into myself without distractions to communicate something that maybe somebody can feel? And it's that simple, you know. I don't try to like church it up and. I think uh, I
0: I love you know you talking about God and that, and and I'm sure that you know you're a very open person. I know that you're open to all and respectful, but I myself also you know speak of it that way. And uh, a simple relationship with a power that you acknowledge Mm -hmm. bigger than yourself is in this living universe is certainly a part of like what you say. How I show up, why I keep coming back, like I feel I guess a responsibility because I don't feel that I deserve the second chance, right? But I got it Some didn't
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah Right Some people don't even get the first chance Some people don't get That's the brutal reality of life And so the fact that I have a second chance And it's one of the things You know In in my activism And entrepreneurial ways I started a coffee brand And one of the things that we want to do Is make sure that all of our employees Are people who are ex-convicts I want to open doors for people who don't always get a second chance. You yeah. understand? Or maybe um, like you said
0: maybe never get a first chance.
1: Yeah. Often. Yeah, I, I want to. That is, I'm very passionate about that.
0: Yeah. Um, so we just talking about your whole performance kind of aspect of you, right? and like so said, yeah. we we have uh, two other hats you wear, but that's a, quite a, a story schedule, so, and schedule. And it Mel's the real deal. You know, so where can they find you online? I mean, with that incredible story and your music.
1: Yeah. So we're on Spotify and Apple Music and. Um, Everything. All the all the streaming platforms. Yeah, type and, it in there, you um, There's also a Bandcamp, MelWashington.bandcamp.com, that has some other material that's not on the streaming platforms. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I've, I've thought about doing this Patreon thing. I don't know. Uh, I need to do some more research. I'm a little ignorant I, I'm wondering on, on that. I the same myself, so, but. Um, so that may be a thing in the future. But as of right now, as we sit here, those are all the places you can find it. About to release some new merch. That'll be on the band camp as well. Some new T-shirts and well, When whatnot, I talk so.
0: about Mel being the real deal, he, he's meeting me before two gigs today, right? So you're on I your do, way yeah, to... Yeah, I've got
1: two gigs tonight. What are you doing
0: tonight after you're done hanging yeah, so out here? When we're,
1: as, soon as, we're, as soon as we wrap here, I will head over to Bumpa's. I play over there every Thursday. Um, It's a place downtown Yeah, yeah It's a great little Irish place Um, Great beers uh, The only Scotch egg that I've found on the peninsula And it's delicious Um, Great food The company is incredible The staff over there is amazing um i know the owners personally they are outstanding stand-up people um and i'm very honored to know them actually it's your thursday
0: gig every thursday yeah so i'm there every thursday Thursday, and
1: then another great band from charleston uh susto is playing later tonight um Justin, who is the kind of the brain of that operation, is a very, very, very dear friend of mine. We've known each other and we've actually toured the entire country over years and years and years. And we've written a bunch of songs. Um, we've co-written songs for the new Susto album and he's co-written songs with me for my new album. Uh,
0: and I love Susto, but we were talking yeah, about it before. I mean yeah. really, talent like you're talking we talked about mastery of the craft. Yeah, Absolute so master.
1: he's starting a rogue acoustic. tonight
0: I checked the thing out with him and Hunter the other day Yeah, She Returns From War oh
1: and by the way I got a sneak peek at the I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but sue me Um, I got a sneak peek at the She Returns From War album and oh man it's it is incredible yeah but, uh, so yeah, so tonight I'll go play with, uh, with Justin over at the Royal American, which is another great music venue here in absolutely. Charleston. one of my, other, I mean, my um, two
0: favorites, the Royal, and I mean, the Royal yeah. is much more of a, the true indie yeah. venue, right? And yeah,
1: shout out to John Kenney and his entire staff. They, absolutely. They have an incredible place over there. I mean, we love to go there. Chelsea and I go there for uh, lunch. Yeah.
0: You yeah. know, on our days
1: off. and had uh, dinner the other
0: night, yeah. but, and I love to play. It's my favorite place to play in town, the World yeah. American.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Um, so yeah, so yeah, two gigs later tonight. But yeah, well, that's
0: incredible. With Suso, I um, again again through friends of friends know him through town, and you know because Charleston's such a cool small little spot, but. Not a, like you do. Know, I love their music, so please pass that on. That I think it's just mastering the craft. And I wouldn't say that if it wasn't. But yeah. I told you that uh, Friends and Lovers, if you're listening to this, you want to listen to some Susto, Friends and Lovers, listen to that. Friends,
1: Lovers, Ex-Lovers, or whatever. Whatever. That's, I did yeah.
0: and it's And if you like country music, you'll be taken somewhere else, and I don't have to tell you anymore. You can, yeah. It'll take you there from the web. Um, so, again, that's one part. So, again, I wanted you to know what, Again, when Mel's saying these things, he is the, he's literally on his way to two gigs tonight. Not just uh, some menu venues, right, but some cool stuff. Yeah. You know, and Charles's got an amazing scene downtown. He like said the bumps and these authentic places. But then, you know, show it at the Royal. Is, that's really awesome. Yeah
1: it's going to be great it's sold out actually mm-hmm. uh, so, so let's
0: talk about something which is amazing it is right yeah. let's talk about some of the, the things you do in music then aside from your performing things like that you kind of talk about you, you write and you publish and deal. You know, but again you work with Susto you have worked with a lot of people in Nashville that are uh, being, you know, definitely big names you, you got in and you do this tell me a little bit about yeah
1: what I've learned is to just show up to the opportunities that come you know and so some of them are random you know I one of the jobs I did did last year, right before COVID, was uh, I did a, a a country trap album yeah. for Universal to license to commercials. You know, um, and we came up with this whole persona of a guy named Country Boy Carl, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and so we did this we did this Country Boy Carl thing. It was really cool.
0: Um, yeah, i mean Artisco. Are you gonna have fun with that?
1: Yeah, and you know, other other times it's. It's it's kind of all over the place, man. I I'm, I'm I get to wear the producer hat every once in a while. There are artists who uh, will hire me to come in and produce the recordings, and that's always fun because I get to get my hands dirty with somebody else's material. And it's not get to talk my... about hands
0: being dirty. Yeah, we so actually... that's what you mean. You're saying, you you like every facet of the music business. It's, it, yeah, like,
1: producing's di- right a whole different thing. This is right? a whole different gig. It's a whole different hat, and you have to lean into the artist. And make sure that you're making the album they want to make. It's a great thing, I because
0: it really—I I ran into that myself trying to make records. That, you know, what I was telling you about kind of, especially if you, you know, inexperienced people that yeah. don't get that, and it, and it seems like a great one does. So, mm-hmm. how do you do that? How do you lean into an artist? Well, as a producer? I think
1: it's about um, respect. You know, it's yeah. about losing your ego and saying, realizing what your job is. For me, as a producer. If you come to me and you say, hey, I want you to produce my album, what we have to have mutually is a, 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 just kind of this common respect. You have to respect to listen to my ideas and hear them out and not shut them down. And I need to do the same. You know? So one of the things I always tell artists in the studio is we're not recording the tape. We're, this is digital. So if I have an idea, let's at least try it. And hear what it sounds like And if it doesn't sound good We'll, we'll know
0: Yeah And I agree and with this And then we'll way. delete it
1: It's exactly how I love to hear it And if you have an idea I don't want to just say No that won't work No let's hear it Because yeah. it might be brilliant you know? And you like, ought to know Right I mean If you've got a hook In there right Then yeah. you ought to be able to hear it And go yeah
0: look I mean Man it's
1: Yeah it's it's what I learned in, in a book I was telling you about called Writing Better Lyrics. Let's
0: get in this book room. They
1: they one of the things that's said in the end is the songwriting room should be a no free zone.
0: A no yeah. free zone. Hey, talk about the book We had a great time. And as a songwriter, you know, and like thinking of song, producing a song, right?
1: Yeah, I mean. So, the book so is this is called Writing Better Lyrics, and it is. Uh, It's by Pat Patterson, who uh, teaches songwriting at Berklee School of Music. And uh, he's just a brilliant, brilliant teacher of songwriting. In the appendix of this book, um, he talks about how the songwriting room should be a no-free zone. So we just don't say the word no. If If we're in the songwriting room and you come up with a line... I don't have to say no. All I have to do is be silent. The silence begs for both of us to dig deeper. And when we have the line that's the right line, we'll both look at each other and be like, that's it. You, you already know. You know? Right,
0: like I said, when you hear it, right? If, if it's the groove, it's the groove. If it's don't the have thing, the it's it, the you thing. can shake it. Yeah. I mean, it just is.
1: Yeah. And so that's the thing about co-writing that is much different than just being a guy in your bedroom yeah. coming up with a song is that you have somebody else that you're bouncing ideas off of and it's is also trying to like make sure you're did you do all the things in terms of did we use that word already? You know? Um, it's a checks and balances system for me when I'm co-writing sometimes I'll get caught up and I'm like I don't realize I said that word in the last line no. So I need to dig deeper and find a different word, you know? This is um, the
0: kind of thing we you talk about songwriting, the craft of it. Yeah. You'll come up with an idea, but you refine the hell out
1: of it. Oh, I think you have to, you know? It's like, for me, one of the things that I've been challenged with most by John Prine, by my producer, Wolfgang Zimmerman, and even by this book, by Pat Pattison is don't go to your default. And that's why you know, because mostly, what your default is is what is expected. So, what you want to do is do something that doesn't even make sense. That's what me- great metaphors are. You know? well, I
0: mean, Brian, if you listen to his songs, sometimes you could say they don't make sense. Yeah, but, but, the, but the, 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 the what he paints, the picture. Right? That's
1: but that's great songwriting because it's great. Um, it's great metaphor, yeah. you know. It
0: does make sense, but it it it, it makes it forces you to engage. So right?
1: one of the things in this book that I love is they have this exercise that two people can do together or four people, and they encourage you to get in songwriting groups and write with people, right. not necessarily songwriting, but just writing, just writing things down. So one of the exercises is this: Let's say you and I were going to do this exercise right now. I would write down five nouns, just five. Things.
0: Right.
1: And then, on a separate sheet of paper, I would write down five adjectives unrelated to those nouns. And then you would do the same thing. And then I would hand you my adjectives list and you would hand, hand me your nouns list. And I would put your nouns next to my adjectives. And you would put my adjectives next to your nouns. And we would try to write an entire story with those nouns next to those adjectives, so it's because it's 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 things that don't make sense, and it forces your mind to try to see what kind of correlation you can find between these two things. So you I was
0: just simply exercising. Oh, it's great exercise. No. It's, it's a mental exercise right.
1: to prepare you for a songwriting session. Um, I was writing with uh, My good buddy Wyatt Who I mentioned earlier And another guy named Levi Lowry Who is a poet He's Levi one of the Lowry. best Yeah He's incredible He and Wyatt wrote uh, The the Bulk of Colder Weather For Zach Brown Band Yeah Love it
0: um,
1: And so We were in the songwriting room One day And uh, I had this one idea And we started on it But it inspired another idea So we abandoned ship on this one idea and went to this other thing but the coolest thing that happened was we got to the chorus and uh, the chorus says it can all get real heavy when you're spinning on this rock going round and round and then Levi came up with this line and it's one of my favorite lines in any song I've co-written. he said like a toothpick holding up a levee the water's coming over. And then Wyatt came in with, the water's coming over and you can't get out of the way of it. Got to stay above it. Um, and I was just like, oh, a toothpick holding up a levee. That makes no sense. Yeah. But the idea that we were driving home was it's worth the weight, the the, the physical weight of putting up with things. Yeah. And it was just the most, for me... I was blown away by this moment. I was like, "It is very poetic, like a toothpick holding up a levee." I would never think that, poetic, to say that. It's
0: even to hear you say it's poetic. Yeah,
1: you know what I mean. Um, and it sings well. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, and that's well, the one other. Thing
0: that's great about the is It's great to see your passion about these things. You know, yeah, you can hear it through. But I mean, to see when you really come alive on songs, right? Like you talk about these songs you're writing, and you know this experience. I mean, you can tell that it's yeah. you enjoy the hell out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that I would be a songwriter. I, I wrote songs from a, when I was a little kid, but I never had confidence in them. I was like, oh, uh, that's just my little song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, honestly, did not know that I would ever write songs as a part of my income, like my living, you know? some of
0: the things that you've, um, some of the acknowledgments you've got? I, I feel like you were nominated for some big stuff
1: right um, man I I have um, I don't even remember a lot of the stuff to be honest with you I think the thing that um, most is is probably the most memorable for me is uh, when I was a publisher I was publishing songs for a company and we had a great songwriter in the Christian music space, and uh, we paired him up with uh, another successful songwriter. They wrote a couple of really great songs, and then one of them got nominated for a Grammy. And uh, to me, that was massive. I was just like oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, you've we, we been. Got a, we got a Grammy. The song you've though. been
0: involved in and published has been and, nominated for a Grammy, right? And so
1: I appreciate like, humility, but it's true. Yeah, right? I mean, and and so. Then we, all of a sudden, uh, we won. And I was in so much shock, I texted my boss at the time and said, Did we just win a Grammy? No. he was like, His only reply was, Yep. But he said nothing else. <laughs> and,
0: uh, so, again, just because it is true, and you're so humble, obviously, what you tell me, you guys won that Grammy.
1: Yeah, we did. And. Uh, For- uh, was, the song was called "Your Presence Is Heaven," and uh,
0: "Presence Is Heaven." Yeah, it
1: was uh, it was the uh, gospel song of the year that year, and uh, yeah, it, it. I'm I'm just happy to know the team that we worked with on that, and uh,
0: I'm gonna give them a shout out. Cause I'll yeah, yeah, to links to it all.
1: yeah. I mean. Chris Garman and Michael Massey are uh, some great people, and I'm really glad that, and Jordan Duke also. Um, I'm really glad that we all got to work that together and uh, and be a part of something that was pretty monumental. I think for all of our careers, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah,
0: yeah. Really, congratulations! I just again wanted to shed some light on your career and how you're doing. I think this is great stuff for an inspiring artist. What would you say, kind of, as we get close to wrapping it up here with, with all this? And you talk about what we are doing. If somebody wanted to be serious about making a living from their art, what would you suggest they do?
1: Go see a psychologist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I say that kind of jokingly, but like it. For me, it it, it took like it's too great. You know what I mean, though? Like, oh yeah, that's why. Like, <laughs> like you, there has to be a. You kind of have to be an idiot.
0: You have to be dumb enough to try. Yeah. Said, I mean, that's the best thing I don't do. With. Because
1: I look back, I'm now a little more calculated with my moves because I'm almost 37 years old yeah, yeah. and I have to be now. Uh, uh, I think it was Theodore Roosevelt. I could be wrong. I, a, a few people have said this, but they said if, if in your 20s, You're not a Democrat. Right. You don't have a heart. Right. But if in your 30s, you're not a Republican, you don't have a brain. Okay. And the idea here is... Yeah, the idea here is when you're younger, you kind of like put your passion out. And as you get older, you're like, all right, I need to make... You learn lessons and you're like, all right, that was not smart. Right. And you try to like make a little more calculated decisions, but... I think that at any age, with that, with that being said, at any age, I think it's important that you have a level of throwing caution to the wind. Keep a roof over your as a person who's been homeless. Keep a roof over your head. But I think what you have to do is take chances, you know? Um, I think
0: that's a great piece of advice that I did. You know, what you're saying is you can't really do it from the side, there's not a safe route to do it. Right? Yeah. There's too many hungry artists out there for you to wait back for the the right the guarantee. Is that what you're...
1: Yeah. Another Theodore Roosevelt quote. Right. Who I and I love this. I, I got this from Brene Brown. Right. Um I know what And uh, I think this is kind of what, what it means for me. Right. This is what Theodore Roosevelt said. He said, "It is not the critic who counts." But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. And for me, it's about showing up and just getting in the arena. I have never seen anybody succeed who did not fight.
0: You know, what you just said I have to agree with in one way or another. That's um, what I've seen, too. It is, like I said, I don't know if it's the, the harshness, the competition. You know, it is what it is. But that—that that is the reality is you're going to have to fight for it if it's your dream. I used to right?
1: hate on people like Justin Bieber. Because right? I was like, oh, he just blew up and he was like this, you know... It, teenagers fawned over him or whatever and then I realized that like no that dude's been busting his tail yeah you know and everybody who you think is an overnight celebrity has a story and they've they had to work hard at it uh and I think that that's the part that doesn't get seen a lot is the the, it certainly doesn't get celebrated right I've I've referenced Having Dirty Hands one of the songs that I co-wrote with Justin Osborne for my new album is called Dirty Hands and uh, the pre-chorus says it's not all stages and lights sometimes it's late night flights by myself with nobody else you know like sometimes it's grueling and it's lonely that's the other part that people don't always get is like when I'm traveling I'm going to bed by myself and I'm yeah I'm with you brother it's hell I'm like uh, so lonely. I'm away from my girlfriend. I we're communicating via text message because we're both working. Like she's bartending late, I'm playing late, and you know, it's not always like it's not all roses. You know, like it is a bed of roses, and roses have thorns. Oh, <laughs> like there's some painful parts. Yeah. There's a lot of beauty around. There's yeah. like, there's nothing more satisfying and rewarding. Than playing a set and somebody saying, hey, you made me feel something I've been needing to feel for a long time, or hearing somebody write to me and say, I was considering taking my life and this song gave me hope. like, Or just seeing people smile and sing along to songs that you've written or songs that you're passionate about. like That's very rewarding. And so that's beautiful.
0: But there's also the thorns
1: of the loadout and the late nights and the early mornings and the yeah. and the conference calls and the emails and all the things that people don't see. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, and I love you going to the arena. I'd actually listen to that again this week, much yeah. like you. Know, I mean, so sometimes when I have to dig in, and I don't want to show it, but I got to dig in. Anyways, I got to find the internal juice, man. It ain't yeah. easy. Uh, so I love everything you said because that is my story too. I, I completely agree with you. Everything you said is true and. uh, I hope that i guess you know for that that people can um kind of take that from this episode from somebody doing it like you is that in the end it's a lot of good old-fashioned work and you're going to have to fight for your position does not yeah. mean you have to step on people no, but you're gonna have to fight for it.
1: I think what you have to fight for is to fight to find your voice, and then be comfortable with that and live in it.
0: And be comfortable and with that. What now? Say that again.
1: Be comfortable with that and live in it. And that's why I said see a psychologist. I mean, I go to therapy weekly, and part of that is just trying to like boost my own self confidence um, and being comfortable in what I have to say and who I am. You know, like yeah. I think it takes a lot of that to be successful because vulnerability is tough. Yeah. But if right. you don't have it on the stage, people will not pay attention to you. Yeah, You're just a jukebox yeah. playing songs. And if that's what you want to be, that's one thing. But uh, yeah, absolutely. if you want to stand out, I think you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And that takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's why this isn't a real estate podcast, right? This isn't about making money, it's right. right? entrepreneurship. Reactant, and, and you're right, it's all those things are going to bring about vulnerability. Yeah. You can be criticized because for any three of those you're going to have to take a position.
1: Yeah. Right. And you and again back to the man in the arena, you might have your face marred. No, you're going to have your face marred. Yeah. You are going to. You're going to. But at the end of the day, you know you showed up. Yeah. And and and, you, me, and, it, and even if you fail, you man, did man. so daring greatly. Yeah.
0: And that's where we're going to end it off my buddy Mel Washington, man, artist extraordinaire, publisher um, You're being
1: way too kind with this extravagant wording.
0: <laughs> and and, and he, very humble guy, but but it's true. And I wouldn't have him honor to share that. It's the knowledge you shared that are the real gems. Of this and the people we talk about, your know, things that touch people. I know, as I went out looking, I read all the books. We talk about, I'm going to read the book, the, the book you mentioned, which writing is, better lyrics, Pat Patterson. Yes. Um, to find that information, and if so, if some kid is out there listening, here she can listen to what you said tonight. Yeah. You know, and, and keep fighting the good fight. There was a time in my life I forget little times what it was. Right. Sometimes it was somebody that I thought was a hero come up and say, hey man, I was uh pretty good. You write that song, you know? And I realized like just like you said it over time, I built this confidence where I was like, no, I can write songs. Right? Yeah. You you put me in front of somebody. Let me get, cut my catalog out for him. Yeah. You know, but. Even though I knew that always and thought that, I couldn't deliver it. This was quite a harsh humility I had to come to when I told you I first got Charleston 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no, you thought this was good, but this is actually good. Right. And then you got to be great.
1: Yeah. You know. Well, will you make me two promises? Okay. Can we write a song together? Yes. All right and will you have me back on your podcast sometime
0: I would love to this right. awesome. you know Mel Washington find him online he's headed up to play with Susto at the Royal American yep. if you listen to this afterwards check both of those out you will not be disappointed I don't care what year you're listening to this yeah but I, mean, I would love to write I was actually going to ask yeah, you that man.
1: absolutely I think that would be so fun yeah. I think we'd write a cool song
0: absolutely I got actually some ideas I will talk All about right. in a second you hear two songwriters talk cause we ended here. thank you for listening to FM Mission Podcast you can find it at FMmission.com for people on a mission in arts, entrepreneurship, and activism.
1: Mike, thank you for having me. Welcome,
0: brother. Appreciate it.